and they're just really good, man. I was looking through your stuff last night on the internet. On the, heard of it. No, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> had to, yeah, I have to have help with the internet these days. The, the thing is people like you frustrate me. Like I can't draw a circle. And, um, so people like the, you that can do this kind of art. Just, We're going to dive into this whole people like you thing. Cause I have, I have thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're grabbing out of your bag, but I'm scared of it. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, okay. So this was my very first book cover. I uh -huh. recording. Uh, we kind of are, but okay. Yeah. This was my first book cover, uh, probably 11, 12 years ago. And I just want you to contrast that with where I'm at today. Like, there is an evolution that happens for every artist. Yeah, that's crazy. Ooh, I yeah. love it. These are, uh, man, again, I'm still angry at you. <laughs> <but> <laughs> angry at you and with you. Yeah. Uh, well, that's how this is going to start, everybody. I'm okay. mad at Fred Kohler. So. Yay, Kaler. And we're, I'm going to be mad at you unless you pronounce it Kaler. I'm so. not going to do it. You're, you're just going to be stuck being Are angry. Are we allowed to cuss time. on your show? You're not, not a lot. Okay. We'll beep it out. <laughs> you heard the man. It is Kaler. And welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. Have you ever met somebody and you guys just click? That's how I felt with Fred. You're gonna love this conversation. We talk about things like creativity and the process and what it takes to get to where you wanna be creatively. I loved this conversation. It was really challenging to me personally, and I hope that you do too. I am so happy you're here. Sit back and enjoy this episode with our friend, Fred Kaler. <laughs> hey, welcome to Maybe You're Like Me, everybody. Today, we've got Fred Kaler, if, uh, if that's how you choose to pronounce it. Yes, unless you want to pronounce it with the German umlau, say curler. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to know. Okay, because that's what the little old lady at the gym calls me, Mr. Curler, because she's from Germany. Ooh, yeah. guten Tag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. Uh, if you've never met Fred before, Fred is an amazing artist, and we'll get into all that stuff in a second. Um, but Fred, for people that might be living under a rock and may not have seen your books before, who is Fred? Give us the the details. This is the worst question ever to start a podcast with, but but who are you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, so I grew up in Sebring, Florida, which is uh, even smaller than Lakeland. But, you know, I always had a passion for the arts and always had a passion for story. So literally at 16, I started working for my hometown newspaper. Um, That's go, cool. Yeah. Go Highlands today. I think they still <laughs> exist, but they would send me out to take photos of the of the dogs that were available for adoption and write little police blotters, you know, compile everybody who got arrested so I could see all my friends who were getting in jail, okay. stuff like that. And <clears throat> I just never turned back, you know, it was like, yeah. saw my name in print once. And I was like, this is what I want to do for my whole career. Oh, that's really cool. And so, and then that, that just kind of set you up Then you illustrate books now and write and yeah, I studied, so I studied at Florida Southern college, uh, and eventually went to go work for public supermarkets in their creative services office. So I was using all of their tools to, you know, make the creamy mashed potatoes look like chunky mashed potatoes or mm. take the background out of this can of peas. And, and one day I, th I thought to myself, you know, I really want to get back into drawing and lo and behold, the tools that I used to do all this work for Publix were the same tools that allowed me to just kind of translate what mo most people would do on a piece of paper, translate that digitally. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I can, I can make digital illustrations. And they were kind of cool. And then it was only like 10 years for me to become an overnight success in the publishing industry. <laughs> I love that. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Um, 
the the thing that and like I think about this in my personal life, you probably uh, have versions of this. Like it, it's crazy to see how my whole life has led up to right now. Um, and so like uh, for me, my dad was a kids pastor uh, my whole life, and so uh, with that, like you need somebody to run sound, and I was cheap and free labor uh, for a majority of my life. And so, but because of that, I learned the production side of things. So now I can walk into any concert or any like event space and have a fair idea of what's going on and can help out if I need to. And so, or even like things like the podcast, like um, doing digital recording stuff, it's just fun seeing how your life leads up to it. And so it's cool that like starting from a little newspaper taking pictures that it, like everything just progressed to now I'm looking at your books in front of us here and I'm uh, mad at you because <laughs> <laughs> your art is so good, man. Well, thanks. Yeah. And you know, I, I love, I love looking back at where we came from because that's so, it's so important. You know, I'm a, I'm a third generation fisherman. Uh, my granddad was a commercial crabber. So uh, he came back from uh, world war two and couldn't find any jobs, so he went out in his little boat and he he collected the blue crabs in uh, you know out of Homosassa. And my dad, you know, kind of followed in his footsteps and loved to fish and be outdoors. And like that's the those are, end up being the sort of stories that I love to tell. So yeah. in in my books, you will see special attention paid always to to boats, uh, to water, to outdoor adventures. So that's you know it it, it becomes. It becomes your voice, right? Where yeah. you were becomes, you know, the the voice that makes you distinct today. That's really cool. Um, just for fun, do you enjoy fishing as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I made us do this podcast early today on the off chance that I can sneak over to Tampa and be fishing by sunset. <laughs> I believe in yeah. you. Uh, catch something for us. If you do uh, post picture tag us on it, that'd mean a lot to all the listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was a good fisherman, but... <laughs> Yeah, oh. well, I'll get a sunset photo at the very least. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that's what the people want. Give yeah. the people what yeah. they want. <laughs> All right. So on Maybe You're Like Me, we're talking to people like you that are doing really cool stuff. And even though it was a 10-year overnight success, um, if you're if you're just watching you online, you think that you've got it all together, that you've got it figured out. Um, and so the goal here is to get past the filters. Like I, I know you're a good, cool person, but um, but we've all got hopes and dreams. And then we've all got our little picadillos that we're trying to work through. Um, so for people, but if we're going to get past all that stuff, we got to start with it. So if people are just like seeing you online, like what's your highlight reel? What's your, like your, I'm putting my best foot forward. What's your elevator pitch for Fred? Yeah. I mean, I literally like whenever I send out something on, uh, on submission, this is how we get our new books published. So that, you know, you have your agent sends it out to all the editors that they mm. think might be interested in it, but I literally put my highlight reel on the back. So uh, let's see here. Fred has won a Boston Globe Horn Book Honor there for his go. illustrations. He's gotten several starred reviews from Kirkus. He's been juried into the original art show for the Society of Illustrators. He's been a best of the month for Amazon and a best of the year of the New York Public Library. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, those are some pretty decent awards for the books, you know? <laughs> That's a good highlight yeah. reel. The, um, how close were we to getting a Caldecott? Uh, I was, I was on one single human beings long list for it. Um, yeah, for one of the, for one of the books. Uh, but that's as close as I've ever been. The, 
that like things I remember from elementary school library, like teaching was is the, is the Newberry and the Caldecott. The Newberry and the Caldecott. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, and the, yeah, every, every author's, you know, living dream is to, is to, you know, be recognized in that way. Absolutely. I think, and I think some of us in, in the children's space, you know, um, at least, and some of us are there for the riches and some of us are there because we just want to make amazing books. Uh, and, and I don't know, I, I'm, I stride, stride both at this point <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's hard. Like living the, the artist lifestyle means that you make a lot of sacrifices mm -hmm. so that you can take risks. Yeah. And that's for anyone with any creative dream that they want to follow. You, you can't bet the rent money. But mm -hmm. you can bet the vacation money. For sure. You know, you can bet the money you were going to use to build a, a swimming pool. Like you can like you can put a lot aside. You can drive a truck with 210,000 miles on it, you which sure is can. where mine's at today. <laughs> but all of those, you know, all of those small sacrifices have have created opportunity to uh, not have to take, you know, 40 hour a week jobs and to have extra time to spend on on becoming a better artist and making cool art. Yeah. I love the thought of like, you pick your priorities and if your priority is to still be able to eat and then also do what you love, yeah. sometimes you got to cut some corners and some other places. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, uh, we were off topic there. Nope. Not at all. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well then we're still on topic. This whole podcasting is just kind of a recorded conversation. So awesome. I think at least this is the first one I've ever listened to. So, oh, Cool. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we're making the rules here. It's yeah. it's my podcast. I'll do what I want. All Perfect. right. So I do things in a couple of rounds. Uh, this is the first round. Um, so uh, I call it the first date round because when you're on a first date, like you ask a bunch of questions and like I could ask you like what your favorite color is. But um, what is your favorite color? Gray. Oh, good. All right. Very millennial of you, even though I think you're probably Gen <laughs> Xer, but or in somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. The. um. But yeah, so like you want to ask questions that don't just like give you like a little bit of information. You want like some things that you can build, build a conversation off of sure. and get to know somebody a little bit better. Um, my favorite color is probably blue at the, in case you're wondering, but uh, just for fun, uh, if a friend asks you, what's a book recommendation you can give them? So that's a, uh, that's, let's start there. What's yeah. a, what's a book rec? So yeah, I'm a big fan of fantasy and sci-fi. That is okay. mostly what I read. And right now, you know what? I'd never read it before. This is going to sound a little nuts, but I'd never read the books that follow the three good Star Wars movies. So, okay. you know, the original three Star Wars mm -hmm. movies, there's a trilogy that comes right after that that's super duper. So that's what I'm reading through right now. Okay. Uh, those are written by Timothy Zahn, and uh, I believe it's called the Thrawn Trilogy. Mm. Um where we follow Grand Admiral Thrawn on, you know, as he takes over from the emperor and tries to, and I won't spoil it for you, but. You oh, please know. don't. Yeah. No. Um, but, you know, the, and, and those, those were written a while ago, but for, for current authors, like I, there's this guy, uh, he's a writer, uh, fantasy writer and illustrator. His name's Henry Neff. Okay. And, um, and I recommended his books to my son, who is just now about to turn 14. And he devoured this entire series. It's called the Tapestry series. He dev devoured that series in like a week. And then because I'm also a writer, I wrote to my friend Henry, who mm -hmm. is the author. And I was like, listen, my son just loves your stuff. And 
Henry sends him like some framed artwork and, oh. you know, just like, just like some cool swag. Unreal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's one of the fun things about the industry is getting to know the people who actually make the, the books. And then, and then you get to give them shout outs on other people's podcasts. There you so, go. Yeah. No, that's great. The, um, that, okay. So this is like a, a random dumb thing, but like sometimes like if you're looking through a book or through, uh, I don't always think like, I wonder what the illustrator or like what their life is. And so it's cool that like they're just real people living real lives and they've got real friends or real connections <laughs> inside the illustration industry. Absolutely. And that's cool that like you've got a community and friends who are doing this stuff. That is awesome. That's really the best part because what I what I tell people about the the community that we've found that I've found sort of in the writers um, and, and the publishing industry is literally you go to one of these conferences and you're surrounded by people who are the same flavor of crazy as you are. <laughs> and, and for those two days or however long you get to spend together, you feel like you're in home. Yeah. And then you go back to your regular life and then it's drudgery for, you know, the next three, four months until that next time <laughs> that you get together. And I mean, I think I would say that that, you know, that mirrors, um, faith journeys in a lot of ways yeah. as well. You know, this whole concept of, of feeling home, you know, yeah. and finding home. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool when you can find even like if it's in a group or if it's just in a person, you can find community or friendship or um, like some compatibility. And honestly, that's like a big part of why I started this thing because um, you see people out in the world and you're like, they, they can't be like me. Like, I, I feel like you're so siloed off in your own thoughts and, uh, and fears and stuff, but it's so fun to, that there's people just like you who like, you're looking for that fix of friendship at, at a conference and like, or even like a boost of encouragement that there's other people out there like me. And so that I, I love that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is, that is hard. It's so hard for the creatives because most of us are introverts. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, the option of, um, a random invite out to, you know, I don't know, to Chili's to hang out with people, <laughs> uh, versus an evening at home reading a book or, you know, doodling on my sketch pad, like, ah, you're gonna, it's gonna be really, really hard to, to, tear me away from the cool creative thing that I'm actually excited about. Yeah. Even though you're probably a really cool person and the conversation would have been great and the <laughs> watered down drinks would have been two for one, you know? <laughs> I think that's Applebee's after 11 oh, o'clock. Oh, sorry. All of the above. It doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. So let's keep it going yes. here. Um, all right. Uh, do you remember like what the first cartoon or comic or whatever that just like really lit you up and really made you want to pursue art? And like, what was that first one that like just really hit you? It could be a movie. It could be anything. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Disney's The Great Mouse Detective. Okay. Uh, yeah. So all of those old, all those old Disney movies where they were, you know, cell animation, they were hand drawn. Mm -hmm. Like I was just fascinated. Yeah. And, and, you know, Saturday morning cartoons were great as well, but, but Disney just brought the storytelling to a whole other level. So you know, with, with all that's going on in, in the world today, I'm not even going to comment on, you know, what's going on today, but when I was growing up, like Disney was bringing it artistically. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just wanted to be one of those guys. Yeah. That, that like, there was like a new golden age of, uh, of cartoons that came out by Disney in the late eighties, nineties. Uh, and I remember the same thing. Like this just, I was so sucked into all the stories. Like you got Aladdin and uh, right. great mouse. Like I, 
I probably wore out all those tapes just yep. over and over and over. All right. So same question, but right now, like what's something that you're seeing out in the world that you're just like, whoa, this is so stinking cool. Uh, I wish I could be a part of it. Oh man, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it, I, so the franchises that are out there now, I feel like some of them are, are on the upswing and some of them are on the downswing. Sure. Unfortunately, you know, I think I think Marvel kind of peaked with uh, uh, Infinity War. That was you know, a like, great movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and now some of the stuff that's come out after that, I'm like, ah, oh, well, okay, that's something you could do with Ant-Man, I suppose. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I love to see, I love to see these giant, enormous universes that have, uh, that have, still stories left to tell inside them. And yeah. and Star Wars is probably one of the ones that today still has a lot of a lot of room for really, really cool things to happen. And and so they had um what they had done was like given several different animation studios an option to do uh, you know, a 15 minute short uh mm -hmm. that was just gonna be set in the Star Wars universe. And so it's been it was really fun to go through and and see they called it the Visions series. And it was cool to go through and see what all these different animation studios came up with in like if if you could set a story in the Star Wars universe, what story would you tell? And, and you know, like that's a prompt that any creative anywhere is gonna be like, <laughs> uh sign me up for that. Actually take my money. I'll pay you for that opportunity. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> The um in the same did you say that was Sony that did that? Uh, that was uh that was Disney. As oh Disney, well. yeah. That for me the things that Sony's been making so like into the Spider Verse across the Spider Verse, oh, yeah. Like that the creativity in those has been so huge. Um, also I don't know if you watch kids movies still, but uh, Mitchell's Verse of the Machines yes. is also Sony animation. Yes, and it's just like it, it's so dumb creative and it still packs a bunch of heart and a bunch of fun into it. And so I love what they're doing. It like, it, I see that and I'm like, I want to make something fun and like hard hitting and fun like that. So, well, and, and so here's where, here's where the rubber meets the road in terms of that becoming a reality. So, you know, I work on, uh, I work on a children's book and I create the characters and I license those to a publisher and the publisher distributes, you know, those books for me. And if it does really, really well, then maybe somewhere down the road, uh, a studio says, you know what, that's an interesting piece of intellectual property. We'd like to option that uh, for exploration. And so, you know, every single story that I write, I'm writing with in mind, this could become a franchise one day. This could become a film. This could become a television series. And so that I, from the beginning, I'm envisioning my characters that way. I'm trying to build my worlds with enough space to tell many, many stories inside them. Because the reality is that if I stick around this industry long enough, then something's probably going to pop at some point. Yeah. That, like, I'm, I'm excited about the future for you of that thing that, Hasn't happened yet, but in uh, in eleven years will be an overnight success. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> an overnight yeah. movie success. I love it. All right, so uh, the next round is a round I like to call the slow round. Um, so it gets a little bit past, um, like just things like what's your favorite book, uh, but gets to the heart of who you are. And uh, we've all got layers. If you want to pull a Shrek analogy, we're all onions. Um, and so we want to get to know maybe a little bit more past uh, what's your favorite color, which again is gray and is fantastic, um, but this one is especially in the creative world and I, I feel this a lot. And so I like to ask other creatives, um, do you struggle with confidence? Uh, it's like, 
our jobs are very much based on like what we can produce. And so confidence, the phrase is confidence is key, but does confidence ever come into play with what you're doing? Yeah. In, in our world, you know, imposter syndrome is, uh, is everywhere. And even the most successful, uh, writers and artists get it. Um, I, I was, I was born with probably slightly more confidence than I should um, have had, which is, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like the swagger that you have to bring. Like, so there's, it's almost like the two different hats that you wear. So sometimes you're wearing your writer hat and your artist hat, which is the one that has zero confidence at all and is convinced that everything that you create is crud and nobody's ever going to want to see it. Uh, And then when you, you know, when you go on podcasts and when you stand up and speak, oh my gosh, if you go and speak to children at a school, which I have to do (laughs) and draw an elephant for them, you know, like if you don't do that with confidence, they will eat you alive. Children are vicious. Um, So, so I like, I do like, I, I worry and it wakes me up at night wondering, you know, like, Hey, this story that is right now just an idea for a story. Mm-hmm. And it went out on submission three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and we don't have any offers on it yet. Is it that bad? Like I put hundreds of hours into just, just getting it to where it is now. Yeah. And nobody's writing back, you know? And so like, those are the kinds of moments where you're like, ah, is this the end? Like, well, yeah. Cause that's the best I can do. And if nobody buys that, then, then what is my career over? And I mean, that's, you know, those are the, those are those dark whispers that you have to learn to ignore. Um, if, if you want to, yeah, actually, I don't, maybe you can't ignore them. I don't know. Can you ignore yours? Uh, the thing is, I don't know (laughs) (laughs) the, because I think it's easy to fall prey to them and then, um, and like, listen to the, if you're talking about like the angel and the demon on your shoulders, it's easy to listen to uh, the the wrong side of it and to uh, to push or like to to just wallow in that lack of confidence. Uh, but what I like the same question to you, but do you have sounding boards? Do you have people that like do you have like a safe space or a community or a person or um, like a tree you sit under that um, like th- or like, do you do like a dance montage at some point and then like you've like revitalized yourself to to crush the world again? Or like what? Like, how do you get yourself out of that spot? Yeah. So uh, typically I go fishing. OK. Um, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, like I said, my dad was a fisherman. Uh, and so when whenever I'm out on the water, I feel connected, you know, yeah. to him. And he was also a big supporter of uh, of me artistically when I was young. Like, I feel like a lot of parents would have told their kids, you know, like with why would you pursue the arts? You're going to starve to death in a one bedroom apartment in New York city, warming your hands over the last candle, you know, yeah. like, and, but my dad was never that way. And mm-hmm. he would drive me to art camp and he would, you know, it's not like he was like, great job, son, but he, he never told me to stop. And, and, uh, maybe that's where some of that uncommon confidence comes from is when nobody ever tells you to stop. <laughs> you don't, yeah. you know, you keep your foot on the gas. That's really cool. The, I like it that you've got like a practice or a thing to do that you can help like kind of um, it's some people would, would say recenter yourself or like kind of get your head in the right spot. Um, and I think that's great that you've figured that out for yourself so that you can like reset if you need to. Yeah. And if it's a really if it's a really like bad moment, I, I try to take myself um, 
regularly to Flo- the Florida spring systems. And I don't know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of nature in general, but we have all these first magnitude springs here in Florida and you can literally like swim and snorkel and dive down to the spots where the earth opens up and gives <laughs> us her water. And like, you know, you just lay there in in the stream of life coming from the, the you know, from the earth. And it's like, yeah, like, this is cool. <laughs> like what else matters? Yeah. Uh, for listeners out there, just be warned. It is very cold. Um, so <laughs> yeah, go when it's go in the summertime when it's hot. Yeah. So, um, this is not on topic at all, but, uh, when, uh, my son, we've got two boys, but when my oldest son, uh, was, I think probably two ish, we went with some friends to ca- uh, canoe up in one of the Springs. I couldn't tell you which one. Um, and, the very first thing, like I'm not a huge outdoorsman. Um, I, I am huge sometimes, but not outdoorsy. Um, and so we get the the canoe and uh, my wife is up front. My uh, son's in the middle, uh, wearing his little life vest and, um, we're about to push off and get in. And I don't know why, but we didn't get out far enough. So the a boat still had uh, pivotability. And so the very first thing on this day with all of our friends is me uh, knocking our canoe over and dumping Boom. My, yes. <laughs> my wife and son to the water. It just started the day off great for everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's a fun story to still tell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so back to more important stuff, sure. but yeah, uh, confidence is, yeah, I don't know if I've got it all figured out. I don't know if any artist has it figured out. Um, and it's, for me, it's comforting and good to know that, uh, people like you that, um, even 10 or however you're, you're so young, you're probably 25. So you've been at this for five ish years now. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, But like people like you that like you're making these incredible things that make me irrationally angry that there's still days that you're, you don't feel it. You don't feel like putting pen to paper. You don't feel like, like doing the thing that, that gives me a little bit of hope that I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I, we always try and break the work up into, um, the, the stuff that gets you excited and, and the drudgery, you know, and I, I think of it like, uh, like doing the chores, you know, so there's, there's parts of illustration, there's parts of writing, um, that feel like I'm doing the chores today because it's not, cause there's different elements of it. Like, mm-hmm. um, structure is not one of my strong suits. Mm-hmm. Um, neither is, uh, perspective, um, and, and drawing people. Oh, if I have to draw hands and feet and faces like <laughs> those, you know, those are going to be like the most drudgerous, if that's a word, hours not. of my day. Um, and so knowing that, that within every work session, I'm giving myself to do the stuff that I really, really love to do, which is, you know, composition and, and free flowing line work and stuff mm-hmm. like that combined with, okay, yeah, I got to. I got to make sure all the verb tenses are correct. You know, like that's, yeah. the, you can, you can create a balance that way. Yeah. The, my kids, um, they do the worst job at, they eat everything they like on their plate first Bingo. and then they save the peas for the end. And I'm like, guys, you should have mixed the peas in and you could have eaten a bite of this and a bite of that, but nope. Now you're stuck eating peas at the end. You guys. Yeah. Who invented peas anyways? I don't know. And then sometimes you got to cut the background out of a can of peas and, <laughs> 
It's it just makes life difficult. Yes. <laughs> All right. Here's another uh, question. This is the last one. This little run here. But what do you wish that you spent uh, more time doing five years ago? Ooh, that's a good question. Buying Bitcoin. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a question on. Uh, it was an ask Reddit the other day, and I'll probably ask this as a real question at some point. But it was if you could. Uh, uh, send uh, a three word message to your 10 year old self, what would you say? And a lot of the responses were like, uh, hug your dad or like some like real sweet things. Um, but, uh, some of them were like, uh, Bitcoin, Amazon, uh, and there was one, uh, like Apple yeah. and it's yeah, <laughs> it yeah. like, make, make yourself some money. <laughs> but well, and, and you know, I'm, I'm happy. Like I want to talk about money because it's, it is so important for, uh, for anyone who wants to be an artist. And, and that would be some of the messaging that I would send backwards to myself five years ago. And, and this is so right about five years ago, I was illustrating a book called Flashlight Night. And it's one of my, it's my favorite one that I've illustrated so far. I did it all by hand in pencil, scanned in the pencil drawings, these enormous pencil drawings, scanned them into Photoshop, colored them digitally, made this beautiful book that didn't sell enough copies to earn out the advance that they gave me. And so literally I worked for 10 months on a project that probably ended up paying me $6 an hour, you know, and, yeah. and my daughter needed braces and I couldn't afford the down payment. And, uh, and I bought a do it yourself dental kit for myself, uh, you know, to scrape the plaque off the teeth because there's just, I just didn't have 60 extra bucks to go, you know, get a cleaning done. So like you, you have to be able to, um, know when the dream needs to be put on a shelf mm. and it never has to be put on a shelf permanently, but there have been two or three times now in my career where it's like, okay, I got to go get a J-O-B for a little while. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, that's okay. And, and so I think that's what I would have told myself five years ago is that you're going to have to go get a J-O-B for a little while and it's going to be okay. You're, yeah. you're going to get to take that dream back off the shelf and know that you have done right by your family yeah. and know that you have, you know, taken care, you haven't cheated anybody. You've taken care of the people in your life. Uh, and you did the hard work when the hard work was demanded of you. And so now there's so much freedom in getting to come back to all of the dreams and, and pursue those things. Yeah. I remember I was in my mid twenties and, um, I had a bunch of friends who like, were, you're in like that early adult life. And he, uh, he was, I think he was trading stocks or something that, and it was just like, it was monotony. He just was not happy with it. And he's like, I really want to be out. And I, he's a musician. He's like, I want to be out uh, playing music. I want to be out doing these things. And I was like, right now, man, your job is giving you the opportunity to stay alive <laughs> so that you can pursue your dream. And so I, for me, it was me telling him like, don't let your job hinder you from doing the thing that you love. Um, and it's also giving you the opportunity to potentially like set yourself to do that in the future. And so, um, yeah. And so, well, for, so for me, when I, you know, I found a gig that was, uh, that was, let's say about 7.30 AM until 4 PM. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and it was in another city. So I drove and I got to that city at 5 AM mm -hmm. and I found a McDonald's that was open at 5 AM mm -hmm. and I sat there and I wrote and I drew for the first two hours of my day. 
Then I went to the gig and then I wrote and I drew on my lunch break. And then I did a great job for the people who hired me for good money. Yep. And, and just until it became apparent that I could go back to the dream, you yeah. know? So, um, that's not like super encouraging, I don't think, uh, for for listeners out there, because what we want in in this culture, at least what I experience in the American culture, is I should just be famous. Absolutely, and riches should follow. But that's that's magical thinking, and and unfortunately, sadly, like once you get past, you know, like maybe thirty five or so, like the magical thinking um, starts has to disappear because if you if you can't if you can't build a plan around it, if you can't build the discipline around it, mm-hmm. uh, then then you're literally just going to blow through every penny you've got. Yep. And it, I think at some point you're just, you have to build priorities. And so that, like, I think back to like what I was saying about my friend earlier is like, your job isn't who you are. And so um, if you've got a dream, like you, de- like you hustled so that you could pursue your dream. And so um, taking every kind of side minute to, to do what you had to do to jot things down in the car or at a McDonald's and like, God bless you for getting up early and going to a McDonald's. That is a lot of people's definition of hell is being at McDonald's at five in the morning. I put on 10 pounds, uh, eating (laughs) their breakfast until, until I started having oatmeal at home and then just getting the coffee. There you go. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I could, I could, uh, go for a, uh, sausage, egg and cheese McMuffin right now. Nope. It's the McGriddle or nothing. McGriddle or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, I, I like that side of things that like if you've got a dream worth pursuing, then you'll find the time and you'll find the space for it. And um, it, if you are a, uh, a thought out human being and like you're like you realize that your life doesn't only affect your life. And so if you've got kids like you're doing what you need to do to put uh, McGriddles on the table, you know? Mm, yum. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm sure, I'm sure you could probably tell me who said the whole thing about 10,000 hours, you know, the 10,000 hours that it takes at doing a thing before you can become a master of it. I think it's John Bon Jovi. I'm not sure. Okay. We'll ask the fact checkers. All right. Yeah. We'll ask the fact checkers, but you know, it, I found that, um, in, in art. And, and one of the things that we talked about at the very beginning was I was comparing the book cover that I have out on submission now to my very first book cover. And we're looking at both of them right now. And there is, when I look at it, I just see, I see the same heart in both drawings and I see the same emotion, but just the, the, the structure, the discipline, the, the things that I learned how to do better over the last 10,000 hours of illustrating, you know, eight, nine, 10 books. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's made that difference. And so, you know, it took the first 10,000 hours to get my foot in the door. Yeah. If I can get 10,000 hours additionally into this industry, it's, I'm going to be unstoppable. Yeah. And that's just literally the law of big numbers. Yeah. That, that it's cool that especially I can imagine in the first 2000 or 5,000 or 8,000 or 9,000 hours, there's got to have been a ton of times where it's like this, this is impossible. This is not worth pursuing, but the tenacity to stick with it and to like it, having dreams is great, but um, putting the work to them to make them into something it, it, they like, so I I'm in this podcast space and so I'm always reading articles and they say that, if you make, I think it's 20 episodes 
uh, or if you make 21 episodes, you are in the top 1% of podcasters. Wow. Because if you, um, uh, people like they do what I did, I thought like, I'm going to do this. And then, uh, the smartless guys are going to be like, Mike, what, how did you do this? This is amazing. And, um, Oprah was going to call me and be like, Oh my gosh. But like those calls didn't come. And so, um, but so you have these like big ideas of grandeur and then, uh, you get 20 episodes in and you're like, Oh man, I've got this episode's got 10 listeners. What's going on here? Or like sure. I, I read online, people are like, I've got five listeners. I'm just, I'm calling it quits. And, um, and so the, the tenacity to, to just stick with it is where if, if you can stick with it, that's where the, the prize comes in. That's where the payoff comes in. So, yep. Yeah. And, and I'll bring it, circle it back to community, uh, for that journey, because if you do it alone, uh, you're, all you're going to find is heartache. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was, when I was trying to break into the industry, those 10 years that it took to become the overnight success, yeah. I would go, I would save up my money and my vacation time. And I would go to one conference a year if I could afford it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe two, if like, if I did both local conferences here in Florida. Um, and every year I would redraw my entire portfolio in between conferences. So, uh, I was, I would go, I would get feedback from other writers, from other artists and from industry professionals. Mm-hmm. And then I would take that feedback and I would come back and I would redo the work, redo the work, redo the work. And what was crazy or cool was that over time I started, to, I was getting rejected the whole time. Nope. Sorry. Your work's not ready. Nope. Not ready. Not ready. Not ready. Yeah. But those rejections got nicer and nicer. And then mm. they got to the point where it's like, you know what, Fred, you got something here. Like, this is pretty good. Look, keep at it. You're almost there. And then that conference when I went and that art director from one of the big five publishing houses looked at my stuff and said, you're there. It's time. Let's get you a book deal. That's you know, cool. like yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the journey. Yeah. The, the same thing I saw, it was a talk. Do you know who uh, Andy pizza is? No. All right. There's a guy named Andy J pizza. He's an illustrator. Um, he does uh, uh, kids books as well. And he, uh, he early in his career, he got um, a, a contract to work with Nickelodeon. And he talks about like how, like growing up, he loved Nickelodeon and he, he put like, he said, he put blood, sweat and tears, heart and soul into these drawings. Uh, Cause he was going to get to do a bumper for Nickelodeon or something. And, um, he, they, uh, he sends them the stuff and he's just expecting like praise, praise, praise. And they're like, these are, uh, they wrote him back and said, these are uh, great mock-ups. We can't wait to see the, uh, the final product. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just talking about how, um, how he was crestfallen. And then everything we've been talking about, how, um, it it took him years, like of, of the 10,000 hours, just putting in his time and to the point that he finally did get his stuff on Nickelodeon. Uh, but just like the tenacity to stick with it. Yep. Yep. And for, so for any writers who are, are listening, I'm going to do a plug for our community. It's called Ready Chapter One. And this is like, this was my pandemic project. I I took my local writers group. We moved it online. Now we've got some really cool tools for writers um, where you can come, you can post your work in progress, get feedback from other writers. It's got a cool rubric. So you actually get like a scoring system on your story for your voice, your character development, all that kind of stuff. But just visit readychapter1.com with the numeral one. I like it. Um, I, I'm going to sign up today, honestly. Yes. Um, that's yeah, that's going to be great. And if everybody, if you're a writer out there, like you need a community. You need people around you that'll help you and people that want you to succeed. And so uh, being a part of a community like that, that's uh, that's amazing. So, all right. There's one question we ask everybody on the podcast. 
And it could be as small as uh, you learned how to uh, use dental floss differently, or it could be as big as you're learning uh, the cosmos. But uh, what's something you're learning right now? Oh, hmm. I, so I'm learning business. Um, yeah. and, and as, as an artist, again, that magical thinking, it's all going to happen. It's all going to work out. And so like literally from after this, I go to a meeting with a business coach who, who, because, you know, for our community, we developed some technology, we built a platform, we got investors and like, it's literally like, and now we have to go through the whole like venture capital startup, you know, world thing, which I will go walk into every single one of these meetings and I say, Hey, uh, I'm probably not like the rest of the founders out here because I'm an artist and I make, <laughs> I draw, I draw elephants. And then they're yeah. like, Oh, we have some work to do, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's such a good approach because I get to be a sponge. And what it's helping me do is learn, learn how to ensure that other artists who are on the same journey don't make a lot the same mistakes that I do because or that yeah. I did because if if I can set up our our community the right way and I can create paths for yeah. other uh for other writers and other artists um yeah that literally our whole company is going to be designed by someone who has felt every pain point that you're feeling right now yeah so I'm going to make sure to not be uh not be the kind of company that takes advantage of that yeah there's a lot of gatekeeping in like even even if it's just like knowledge, like on things. So like earlier you're talking about, uh, like you start with a, a concept and then you, you flesh it out and then it goes to an agent and the agent goes to publishing companies. Like it, me just like uh kid off fresh off the bus. I'm like, I want to write a book. Like there's so many steps in between me and book. And like, there's so many steps between me and a publisher wanting to like advance me money for a book and it's not going to be the millions of dollars that I think it yeah. is. And yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because for, so I actually like took that whole section of advice that I've been asked for, you know, 1700 times. And I literally built it into like a roadmap. It's like, here are the actual steps yep. that you will have to go through to get from, Hey, I want to be a writer to, Hey, I've got a book deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, for all of your listeners, we can post a link to it, like something like that. So it'll be in the yeah. show notes. Perfect. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. All right. That that's so cool. Thank you for that. I just love that. All right. So this is my favorite round. I don't know if you're ready for this, but it's called the common ground round. It's where you and I actually see if maybe you and I are a little alike. Okay. And so, um, it, right there, you got some, uh, three by five cards and a Sharpie oh, there. Nice. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you five, this or that style questions. Okay. We'll reveal our answers at the same time. And uh, we'll see if maybe you and I are a little like ready to do okay. this. Do I write on the blank side or on the line side? I want you to follow your heart on this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I usually go line side and I'm just going to go ahead and pre-warn you. I've told you many times I'm jealous of your artistic and, uh, and penmanship abilities. My penmanship, not quite there. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So, uh, this is for the rest of time. If you had to strictly do art in pastels or in black and white, which way are you going? All right, here we go. Three, two, one. I went black and white. He went black, black and, white. and white. And we even both abbreviated it to B and Boom. W. Yes. <laughs> uh, any reason? Um, it was my first love. I mean, like pencil drawing, graphite, you know, like I, I, I didn't learn color until much later on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That. Okay. So even just the side comment, that's a crazy thing that like, you didn't learn color until later. Oh, 
So, okay, yeah. So for How to Cheer Up Dad for this book, I literally sold the book to Penguin Random House and I didn't know how to do color. I had to go find someone at Ringling School of Art and was like, hey, we're friends. Can you teach me how to do color? Because I got a book deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's insane. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The I, Now I just can't imagine everything being Easter. So yeah. that's too much pastels. Yeah. Um, and you need some uh, darker shades every now and again. All right. Uh, just uh, let's do desert island food. Are you going pizza or tacos? You get one food. Uh. This one changes for me, but this is where I'm at right now. I'm going pizza. You're going taco. taco. That's okay. Yep. That is okay. Any, uh, what is the dream taco? <sighs> oh, uh, you know, just the traditional, uh, gosh, what is it? El Pastor. El oh. Pastor, yeah, with the little onions and cilantro and stuff on it. Now, uh, an area that you and I are going to differ on is I can't do the cilantro. I'm mm. one of those that it tastes like soap, too. <gasps> Poor guy. You know, it's yeah. okay. It's All okay. Right. <laughs> I won't have you over for guacamole. Oh man, my guacamole is three ingredients and none of them are cilantro. (laughs) But no, pizza is my first love. Uh, It's just that the doctor said that, you know, you need to watch out for the blah, 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 blah. So here's the deal. You're on a desert island. If it's a go big or go home situation. Think about that. (laughs) Doggone it. Oh, well. That's more of an I'm I'm here for a good time, not a long time situation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. All right. um, This one is. Would you rather go out singing or go out dancing? Mm. And I will preface this with the singing and dancing doesn't have to be good. It's just what it makes you happy. Here we go. I went singing. Oh, I you went, went singing. singing. Yes. Are, um, are you a vocalist? Is that uh, a hidden thing that I don't know about? Mm, I wouldn't say I'm any good at it, but me and my buddies do like to get together every once in a while with, uh, with a couple of guitars. And uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we'll we'll crank out some stuff. Um, what's what's your go to? Let's uh, uh, let's dig a little deeper here. Well, if if I'm gonna have to karaoke, it's gonna be country because that's what I grew up with. <laughs> okay, uh, in Sebring, Florida. So it's gonna be Kenny Chesney, <laughs> Zach Brown. You know, like okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we are not going there on the podcast. I, you know what? Uh, for legal sake, I don't think I can uh, pay for the royalties on that. Perfect. Um, but. I don't think it would trigger, though, any AI re- recognition <laughs> of the actual song. <laughs> the um, You're not going for uh, Wonderwall with your boys? On no. The acoustics there? No. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Um, the yeah. storytelling in country music is exceptional. You, uh, know? you know, that country music is a genre that I've never really subscribed to. Um, and uh, more powerful people that do. Uh, we've actually got some really good friends that... Uh, uh, like a year ago, they bought a boat. And so we've gone out on their boat with them a couple of times. And it's like the driver gets to pick the music. Yes. And it's just country the whole time. Seminole wind. Yes. Um, captain, by the way, not driver. You don't drive a boat. You captain a that's boat. That's true. That's yeah. on me. Starboard. <laughs> uh, what else is, what's the other side of the boat? Anchor. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it sounds about right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there is uh, an anchor on the front, an engine in the back. That's about what I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, port side. That's the there other side. <laughs> But yeah, it's just country and I'm just like, all right, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Just all lean right. into it. You'll be fine. All right. No context. Unicorn or dragon? <laughs> all right. I went dragon. You went dragon. dragon. Yep. Any uh, reasoning there? More just dragons eat unicorns. <laughs> um, but then they're cursed because you, you're not supposed to kill something so pure, according to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. So. 
Yeah, they were cursed to begin with, but they also have big piles of gold and, you know. That's true. Yeah, nobody messes with them. Nobody wakes them up from their naps. Uh, unless you're Smaug and then yeah. things just go down. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the nerdiest this podcast is going to get today. <laughs> All right. Um, as far as design aesthetic, Ooh, this is yes. the last one here. Okay. How far? We got uh, two, three. We're, we're only missing one right now. I feel All pretty right. good about that. We're three out of four. Uh, all right. For as, as far as design aesthetic, are you going rustic or modern? Are you going Joanna Gaines or are you going, uh, can't think of anybody modern. I'm going to, here we go. Went modern. You went modern. modern. Look at us. We're so close to being the same we person. Are. And yes. I feel like the uh, pizza one was a fluke. So it, uh, Yeah, I was, I was, didn't have my right thinking hat on. I was thinking about the longevity of life and you were thinking about, Dude, you're going to die pretty soon anyway. So, yeah, we would have gone pizza. Yeah, we'll get them next time. Yeah. The um, This has been so much fun. Thank you so, so much for being here. Um, now, there's people out there that uh, they, they're going to want to find your books. They're going to find your art and your stories or uh, be a part of uh, Reader Player One, et cetera. Ready, ready Chapter One. Ready Chapter One. Yeah. Um, also, the book Ready Player One, fantastic. It was good, yes. Pretty good book. Um, but yeah, so if people want to connect with your communities or if they want to connect with you, where's a great place for them to follow along or get to know you? Yeah, so we can post uh, social media links. Um, Everything's in there. Yeah, yep. yeah, everything will be there. But my website, my personal website for author, writer stuff is ilikefred.com. Uh, so just check out there. That all my books are there with links to where you can find them for purchase. Um, and then, yeah, readychapter1.com. That's where we're building community of uh, creatives who have the same brand of crazy as I do. I love that. Uh, genuinely, like if you're out there and your dream or your hope is to write a book, find people, find this community online. It, it, having the right group of people around you changes everything. And so uh, I'm, I'm grateful for you building that already. Um, and I, I hope that, and I can't wait to see in, five, 10 years, the things that come out of it that are shaping the world coming out of Lakeland, which is like a crazy thought too. So that's yep. fun. Yeah, that's why we're doing it. Well, everybody who's listening, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Maybe You're Like Me. <laughs> <laughs>